Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends from around the country about all things hoops. We do some NBA deep dives, some drafts, some news and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Send me any NBA-related questions to OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website. That's OnTheLinePodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive. Check out a draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. All right, welcome back. Hope you guys had a good week. Uh, spring is right around the corner here in New York City. I can't wait. It is, uh, it's the middle of the March. That means the NCAA tournament is right around the corner. And we are talking with writer Schumacher today about all things Zion Williamson. Plus, we're going to have a little chat about the, the fallout with the uh, James Dolan interview that uh, the Knicks owner did on ESPN New York's radio show. So without further ado, let's hop into it with my guy, Ryder Schumacher. All right, the king of South Berwick, Ryder Schumacher is on the line. Uh, Rye, last time I checked, you were nursing a pretty nasty St. Paddy's Day hangover. Um, how are you holding up? Um, this, th- at this point right now, yeah. I- I've slept it off. I've eaten it off. I'm feeling good. It's yeah. going to say bad day, so it was all well worth it. Did, did you, were you drinking any of the nasty green beer that's, uh, that, that sometimes pops up around New York? <laughs> uh, I did. I was drinking a Lone Star. It wasn't green. It was more like sort of yellowish, brownish. God, that uh, just sounds not, disgusting. Not, not, not good yellowish brown, you know? Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, right. <laughs> I have, I have some, uh. I have some breaking news. This will be old news by the by the morning, but um, it's just been announced. So Duke is the number one overall seed in this year's men's NCAA tournament. Um, so the selection committee just uh, announced all their picks. So the number one seeds are Duke, Virginia, UNC, and Gonzaga. Uh, obviously, okay. yeah, yeah. Obviously, being a top seed kind of doesn't guarantee anything but you know being like the number one of the number one seeds i guess they've been doing this since 2004 and only three of those teams have gone on to win national titles florida right. in 2007 kentucky in 12 and then louisville in 2013 and, and that title was later uh, vacated but right. uh yeah duke duke is uh duke and zion are our number one seed the tournament begins on tuesday so uh excited yeah, man. I figured, um, so we got together the other night for the Duke Carolina game and with the tournament right around the corner, I figured it would be an appropriate time being that we're both big Knicks fans and we are tanking away to try to win the number one overall pick. It seemed yeah. apropos to, to talk a little bit about Zion Williamson, the consensus best player in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were talking when we were watching that game, I mean, it seemed it's, it, it almost seemed like when we were watching, we were like waiting for him to do something that was like, okay, like we're watching now. We, we haven't watched him. I mean, at least I hadn't watched him often. But it's like we're watching him play and we're like waiting for him to do something amazing so we get to do something that we've heard about him do this whole time. And uh, I remember the first time we saw him, like, or at least I think we saw him get the ball. He just, we were just waiting. And then a couple of seconds go by, he had the top of the perimeter. He just sort of put on a little like move. Uh, he didn't have his dribble. Yeah, he put on a quick move and he got to the rim and like, like 0.5 seconds or something crazy. <laughs> crazy. Just like, oh, yeah. that's what it is. 
Um, yeah. So going off that, it's like you watch him play, and it's like you know, I feel like he just has a combination of all these great NBA players, like especially his strength. I mean, yeah, man. It's just you, you look at him driving. It's like my gosh, man, are you uh you like drive like LeBron? But you have like the inside game of like, and I know this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it's like you have the inside game of like Blake Griffin or something, and it's like it's it's really nuts. I mean, you just will look how strong he is, and you're like, you're going to translate so well to the NBA. Yeah. Um, so Zion missed six games with a knee injury that he suffered back in February, February twentieth, against Carolina on national TV, and then yeah. so he returned this past week for the ACC tournament and was in full force. You know, again reminding everyone why he's the best player in college basketball. Exactly. So uh, his first game was against Syracuse the other night. Zion went a perfect thirteen for thirteen from the field. Um, and then on Carolina against Carolina on Friday, the game that we watched together, he hit a game winner. Um, and then Duke finished off Florida State the other night to win the ACC tournament. Um, so, Rye, when, when, when you think back on that Duke-UNC game that we watched, and then, you know, moving forward into the NCAA tournament beginning on Tuesday, I mean, what's, like, impressed you the most about this guy? Like, thinking back to Friday night, was it, like, a particular play? Is it his, like, demeanor, his style of play? Anything specific that stands out? Is it... Is it that quickness that you that you mentioned a second ago? Well, I guess I would say it's for the most part just the sort of the, I mean his consistency because um, I think you look for that, but it's like it seems like game by game he has the same level of energy, and his energy is kind of what impresses me the most because it's hard to point out like one play or one thing that he does all the time really well. It's just you know, but it's hard because his rebounding is so good. I mean, his uh, the only thing that I think is people have said is lacking is his shooting. But um, every time that I, you know, I've I've heard that, and then a lot of time when I'll, I'll like look at him quickly, or look, I heard I brought that in. I had that in mind when we were watching our, our game. We watched the UNC game, and for the most part, I think he hit like a lot of the shots I saw him take. So I was like, okay, I mean, he's a left-handed shooter. His shot looks kind of nice regardless. <laughs> so it's hard to sort of bash on just his shooting. But um, I'd say really, it's just his strength and his just the energy he has. I mean, you know, I was watching him also just track down someone off a steal and then they, he just like tracked him down, missed the steal or missed the block at the end of the, the layup. But like he had bu- busted his butt to get down there to just block that shot. And of course, you know, he jumps like well over the rim. So, um, you know, it's just stuff like that. I guess it's his, his athleticism that I think is just like, you can't, you can't watch him and then be like, okay, you're, you know, you're like, you can't look at him and be like, I know you're going to be a bust. I mean, yeah. It's like here, I feel he's the most sure thing I've seen in a while in, in, the, in college basketball. So there are two specific plays from the Friday night game that I wanted to mention to you that stood out to me. One was that steal. So he had like a, a steal, and then he had a, like a tomahawk slam in the open court. Steal by Williamson. Oh, that, I remember that one. That to me, yeah, is like a snapshot. Like when you just look at the highlight reel of that game, it's like, oh, that's a play that's no one, no one is flying like that. And then the exactly. other, the other play was the final possession. Was the final Duke possession. So. If you remember the, I forget if the game was tied or Duke was down by one, but they give Zion the ball. He has a top of the key. He goes one-on-one with his defender. He's backing the defender down. He misses the shot and then goes up and grabs the rebound. He's surrounded by four Carolina defenders and he puts it back in. He's two at the elbow. Now Williamson out top, gonna go one-on-one. Behind the back, spinning on Little, up, no good, follow, yes! 
just pure strength by Williamson. It's not a dunk. It's a little, like, just a layup. But he yeah. followed his shot the entire way. He was, like, four or five feet in front of the rim. It wasn't a dunk, but he just, like, literally caught it, just elevated above the four other Carolina guys and just, like, threw it back. Yeah, um, I, I remember that, yes. Yeah, and both of those plays were just, like, really eye-opening. Like, okay, wow, there's there's no one else in the court doing this. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, all right, so let's dig a little deeper here. Give me, Rye, your your completely unscientific naked eye scouting report on a guy, you know, Zion Williamson, who you've seen probably play three or four times from a sports bar in union square. What are, what are the qualities about him that you think make him like an elite pro prospect? You mentioned his, his energy and his physicality, right? His energy, physicality, um, definitely his, his rebounding proudness. Yeah. I just feel like he's such a ball hog when the ball is put on the rim anywhere. The way that you can, you know, I'm trying to think of what position he would play necessarily. I mean, some sort of power forward, I guess maybe it's, I don't know what his exact height is. I would have to look that up. He's six, seven. And I think he, (laughs) dude, he's like six, seven two eighty. Like, (laughs) I think like, I don't know if he makes a small power like forward and would, fit in small i have no idea where he would go but i know i think he's a i think he's a four and can probably play small ball five you know small, what I mean? okay i figured yeah. i figured yes but wherever he goes i feel like it's it's just going to translate i mean but given you know and i i, I know he i, I guess he would give his anything he has to work on his shooting but given all the other talents he has around him i mean his rebounding i is another thing i okay and then his physicality yeah his energy yeah um you know, I'm sure it seems like for the most part he has a really high basketball IQ, just the way he's moving around on the court. I mean, he's in dude's system too, so I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's just a product of a system, and it's like they, you know, it's, he's he's someone that, like I said, I mean, you you watch him and you're just sort of. It's always hard to start to think to yourself, okay, I want like what's the one thing he has that's making him so different? But it's just his game is all around is just incredible. Dude, I think there are like several things about him that make him different. I, I think for one, like yeah, his energy, like what commentators and scouts probably like refer to as, as a guy's like motor. Um, yeah, I just love the passion and the hustle that Zion plays with. Like he fights for offensive, you know, for offensive boards. He's chasing down loose balls. He catches tough passes like he fights that that case in point, that play that I I mentioned, the last possession in Duke, Carolina, you know, he misses his shot and he has like the gumption to go up and fight for the offensive rebound and put it back in. I love the the competitive spirit. Oh, absolutely. He's a guy that for a coach, you're never going to have to like fire him up, you know, like he's always going to be ready to play, which is awesome. Right. And I mean, I I was going to say also point out that, you know, his, uh, his, you know, his rebounding in that play you mentioned with the putback, but it's also, it's like his, I, I'm not surprised to see him make a play at the at the you know outside the perimeter with him passing the ball around and be quick enough to, exactly. to get that steal off exactly and then bring it to yeah you know, bring it to the house like for that slam. I mean he has like guard qualities at times that I'm like oh you yeah know. <laughs> I know. Also, we've been talking about like we keep saying his physicality, but I don't think we could say it enough. Like Zion explodes through contact. Like he is oh, a absolutely. big, strong kid. I mean, when he's in the air, defenders get out of the way. He's he's virtually unstoppable in transition. Oh, he's like he's, he's a runaway train. Yeah, he's built like a Mack truck. When you think about how big he is, you know, he's his speed is pretty incredible for how much like muscle mass he has on him. He has like the frame of like a linebacker or an edge pass rusher. 
and yes, yeah. he's got the footwork of like an elite running back and like the leaping ability of a high jumper. So, yes, I know. He's like an Olympian. I, yes. I don't know. Yeah. And then I just think like finishing at the rim, you know, his athleticism, Zion, he's really coordinated. He's fluid. Um, and again, he's just such a gigantic dude, but he's so light on his feet. He's nimble. He can bob and weave through traffic. Right. You know what I mean? I know it's hard. I know you were, we had mentioned it, if you had like what his strengths and weaknesses would be, but it's hard for me to pinpoint a weakness. Um, at least at the moment. I, I mean, I, maybe I mean, there is it's one the that jumper. will develop this game. But. No, the biggest weakness is definitely the jumper. I mean, like he's shooting 30% from three and from the charity stripe, uh, he's shooting like 60% from free throws. Okay. So he's, he's got to yeah. work on his jumper. But the thing is like, I think he's taking something ridiculous, like 80% of his shots are from exactly. like two point range, you know, like, yeah, it's gotta and, be expected. And rightfully so. Like he's just so physically dominant. Um, that that's, it would be silly for him to not do that and for him to not play that way. But, uh, I mean, I, I also think like we, we mentioned a lot about, about his offense, but like his defensive instincts are pretty top notch too. You know, he's great at anticipating, um, you know, like on the perimeter, blocking these shots without fouling. He's got active hands that play I talked about with the steel, like he moves his feet well on the perimeter. Again, for such a big guy, he's got he's got great footwork. He keeps his hips square on defenders. He deflects passes. He's got good hands, um, and then he just has the the will, like the will to like beat his man on defense. Exactly, I know. Yeah, I mean the big thing I, I guess is the jumper, you know, and and it's it coming is the along, jumper. you know, like it is, and that's something I think you need to look at in like another couple of years and really say if for sure the NBA how that's come around but. for sure. And we've seen Zion hit some threes. I mean, it's we have. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it's not like he doesn't hit him. Like, like that's that's his that's his weak spot. But it's not like it's not the end of the world. The jumper. I mean, it's a little flat. The release point is kind of awkward because he's a lefty. It's like it's by the side of his head uh, where he releases the ball from. But I think on the NBA level, frankly, like we've seen guys, we've seen guys like Giannis and Westbrook and Ben Simmons function at a very high level without being elite shooters, you know, and, and exactly. Zion is 18 years old. And as long as he continues attacking the rim, like a maniac, I'm not worried, you know? And also like, I, and I, I would say his shooting is also at a higher, I mean, at this rate, I mean, it's, he's, you know, I think he shoots better than Giannis does. I think he shoots, I think know. he shoots better than Simmons for sure. Yes, um, yeah. And he's 18 and he's like a workaholic. I have no concerns about that improving. And, uh, yeah, and the last thing I just think is like his, his passing. His passing is like really good. I mean, in the ACC championship game, he threw a left-handed bounce pass from one three-point line to the other to uh, to Trey Jones, who's streaking towards the rim. That was a magnificent dish. Why, just a, how, Tim? You know how hard it is to make a long bounce pass like that. Look at it. I mean, just right on the money, right in stride. Some things cannot be taught. I mean, the guy's got solid court vision. He, you know, he's got good decision making. He recognizes double teams. He knows how to find the open man. Um, right. He's he's unselfish. His teammates love playing with the guy for that reason. And you know, he's like he's not a ball hog. I think he has that he has that LeBron type quality where he he kind of sucks all the attention from defenses, and he's happy to set up his teammates for open shots. Yeah, and he knows that he knows that he's going to be double or you know played that way and he'll yeah. have his teammates there yeah so we were talking the other night um you know i've heard different names discussed i'm wondering 
I'm wondering two things from you. Who do you think Zion's NBA comparison is right now? Like if you had to describe Zion to someone who's never seen him, you'd say what? He kind of plays like a mix of this guy and that guy. Or, And then the other thing I wanted to know is like, what's his path to success in the NBA? Like how would you play him in an NBA offense to maximize like what he does well? Yeah. Um, first, first part to that question, I mentioned it kind of before, and I think I may have you may have mentioned it to me when yeah. we were drinking, but it was so spot on. <laughs> and watching the game, that's what happens um, when you drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you you'd mentioned that he plays down low, and I think I said it like sort of like Blake Griffith. He yeah. has that sort of like he's going to get it down low. You know that he's just going to really slam it home, put on a really great move inside. Which uh, again, I'll say I don't know if we mentioned, but his inside game is insane. <laughs> I mean, he's sort of. It seems like he has the ability to turn someone around completely and be on their be on their front side, and then have the easy layup. And it's like, how did you pivot to get that to happen? But um, his inside game is very reminiscent, I think, of Blake Griffin and his driving. Even though I'm not calling him LeBron, but his the like you know the toughness he has and the strength he has getting to the rim, and I think the speed at which he does it is very LeBron like. Um, just because it's, you know, like I said, I mean, we watch him. He's at the he's top a force of, the of nature, man. He's like, he's yeah, a force a, of nature. You know, it's, it's at the top of the arc. A half a second goes by and he's like, you know, at the rim and he's flying through the air and you're like, Oh wow. So, um, I, that, that's the, that's who I see when I see him drive. When he's inside, I just think he's so raw and strong, like Blake Griffith. All right. Um, so to tag on yeah. to the last point we were making about shooting, I, I, I think Blake Griffin's the name we discussed. I think it's, a pretty accurate spot on thing. But here's the thing yeah. about Blake. When Blake, he, this is the exact same scouting report on Blake. When Blake came into the league, his first year that he played, he shot 29% from three. Then he shot 12%. Then he shot 18%. He's currently 10 years later, he's a 35% three point shooter. You know what I mean? Like point being is like, you can improve your jump shot over the course of time. But when Blake Griffin came into the league, his bread and butter was playing down low, being physical, dunking the ball and being an alley-oop guy. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and and that's, I think that's the floor for Zion, you know, and and there's so much room to grow. Um, I know. But I think Blake Griffin, like we, anyone would be psyched to have like an early career Blake Griffin on their team, especially a guy that's as skilled a passer as Zion is and as capable of a defender as Zion is. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Now, um, the other question I was asking is like how you would integrate or how you would play Zion in a modern offense today. Is there a guy... In the league today, you're like, yeah, I'd play him like the way the this team uses that guy. Um, yeah, and you know, I'm trying to think. I, I don't want to say use him like because I don't think he can lead an offense like LeBron can yeah. at yeah. the moment. I don't see him. You know, I mean, I don't know if he's bringing the ball up for Duke and setting up offenses. I'm sure he can, but sort of in that sort of capacity that you know that you can use him for a passer. You can use him, uh, you know. To, you can use him to run the offense through guys, but it's like he's always the first guy. If I'm bringing up the court, he's the first guy I'm going to be looking to. Yeah. Just to see if he's if he's already posting someone up, uh, if he's you know in open space and he's being isoed, anything like that. So I mean, in, I don't I don't want to say LeBron. I mean, again, I don't want to go to LeBron, Blake Griffith. But if he's down low, and it, it really depends on I guess the team that drafts him. But I mean, I I envision him being used not just down low, sort of bring him out onto the wing. 
doing doing all that sorts of stuff, letting him sort of work every part of the game that he has that's brilliant. <laughs> Which gets to the thing. I don't think I would want to limit him to just one area. Um, yeah. And I hope sort of he doesn't have the Blake Griffin effect, you know. Another name that I heard mention, um, and I think it would be interesting to use him in a similar way, was Draymond Green. Um, I mean, yeah. I think Zion Zion is a could be a like supercharged, much much better version of Draymond in that you know he has elite athleticism, which Draymond does not, but he has elite athleticism. But he's built in a similar frame to Draymond, like Draymond, like. You know he can jump out of the he can Zion can jump out of the gym. He's quicker, probably ten times more powerful than Draymond. I think the similarity with with Draymond is like he plays insanely hard, and he's a two way player. You know, yes, but he's he's a leader. Like he galvanizes his teammates in the way that Draymond does. He's Draymond is truthfully probably a four that plays sometimes plays a small ball five like like Zion. I think potentially could Zion is. Yeah, like I said, six seven two eighty with like a six ten wins wingspan. Yeah, I mean, which is insane. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that was a name that I I I read and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I could see someone like like using Zion in a Draymond like way, but you need to surround him with other shooters too, you know? Exactly. And I mean, given his defensibility, defensibility, that's totally right up. Like that's spot on, I believe. But. Yeah. Zion is going to be uh, Zion's going to be the number one pick in the draft. We can both agree yes. on that, right? Yeah. Yes. So who's the last college college prospect to get this much hype? Like he's maybe like Zion is probably the best pro prospect since who? Anthony Davis? Like let me let me let me, let me, let me read off a list of the last number one overall picks, and we'll debate this uh, again. And it's it's not it's who's had the most hype, not even the most success. You know, obviously right. what Zion does in the tournament will have a big impact on his legacy. But I'm just interested, like, who generated this much this much buzz? So here are the last several number one overall picks. Yes. DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, Anthony Davis, Kyrie, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, Greg Oden, Andrea Bargnani, Andrew Bogut. Dwight, LeBron, Yao Ming, Kwame Brown, Kenyon Martin. So that's all the way back to the year 2000. Man. I know, crazy. But like, really, uh, like I would say, I, I feel like we, we haven't talked this way about a prospect since Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, it's probably either Anthony Davis or, I mean, I don't know how much you were talking about Kyrie and Carl Anthony Towns. I feel like Towns, uh, Towns, gained, Towns gained a lot of momentum towards the draft combine but like i'm talking like zion has been the number one pick since what like uh, november 1st december 1st ever, yeah far yeah. longer than we've ever talked about any number one her potential number one right like it was like game set match we knew he was the number yes. one pick whereas carl yeah. anthony towns you know there was you, we forget now because he's obviously such a better player but do, there was a period where we were debating about do, do you take towns number one or do you take Jaleel Okafor number one or you know right. like so uh, it sounds crazy now but uh, I'm just saying like pre-draft hype 
I feel like we haven't talked this way about a guy since probably Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, it's probably been Anthony Davis. Kyrie, I mean, if, it was, if it hadn't been him, I think this would have been unprecedented. So. Kyrie was hurt during most of his Duke career, so I, I think people were excited about him, but even there was some debate about him, like what he could, couldn't be. John Wall had a really successful career at Kentucky. I remember he was a huge, huge prospect. And then yes, before that, that you know, too, yeah. Blake Griffin uh, was a was a big time prospect, but he was at Oklahoma, so it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, Greg Oden was a was a major prospect. Um, he was a he, I, I would say if if not if not was for Anthony 2006, Davis, 2007? Odin was 2007. Okay, yeah. And then before Odin, it's Bargnani, Bogut, Dwight Howard came out of high school. And there was, I remember with Dwight Howard, there was a debate whether he should be the number one overall pick or Emeka Okafor. Right. <laughs> and then before Dwight, <laughs> the year before Dwight, it was LeBron. Point being is Zion has uh, just a ridiculous amount of hype. And I am very excited to see what he does here in the tournament because, you know, he's, he's going to be the number one overall pick and what he, he does in the tournament is going to kind of cement his legacy a bit as a, as a college uh, prospect, you know, one of the great, one teams of just waiting for that ping pong wall to fall. But, uh, yeah. All right. Right. The other major uh, event of the week that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, James Dolan, James Dolan, who is James the Dolan. owner of the New York Knicks. James Dolan went on the Michael K show on ESPN radio uh, this past week to discuss the blowback from an incident that occurred a week ago at Madison Square Garden. Basically, a fan antagonized him, uh, antagonized Dolan to sell the team as he was leaving the arena. And Dolan said, do you not want to come to any more games? And then the fan just said, it's an opinion. And then he said, enjoy watching the Knicks games for, on TV. And then he pointed to a security guard. The fan was tossed and he's since been banned from the garden. So... <laughs> Dolan says he was ambushed by a heckling fan and then the fan immediately sold the video to TMZ and yeah I mean right I'm wondering like where, where where do we stand on this is is Dolan in the wrong is is the fan in the wrong are they both are they both to blame here what was your immediate reaction to this whole thing yeah yeah so um they in that in that video in that interview which I watched on YouTube they Dolan ended up saying that it was very premeditated the the uh, heckling attack yeah uh, it was basically that man and maybe a couple others you think he mentioned I'm yeah sure. I guess there I was like a, exactly. there was a small group of them because someone was like filming the whole thing right so um I, my initial reaction is that he didn't know that initially when the guy first came up to him yeah I mean since then he said that oh right. they were it was very premeditated, you know, and that's why they're being banned. Uh, so initially, I think when that happened, uh, he his knee-jerk reaction was to uh, throw them out anyway, even if he didn't know it was premeditated, just because um, I think he's pretty thin-skinned. Uh, which, in that interview, uh, if I, very early, uh, Michael Kay, I think, does it brilliantly. Yeah. Just says, like, you're a sensitive guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell it rubs Dolan. The wrong one. Yeah, but no, but Michael Kay's like spot on, you know? He, he's spot on, and he, Michael Kay was like, hey, I'm thin-skinned, and I know it. That's why I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I think, you know, when people react to me, I, I take a moment before I do something. Um, so, and I think that just stuck with Dolan, the whole interview. I think that yeah. he, I mean, you know, he got past it, but, like, I, you can tell, after Kay said that, you could tell that 
like irked at him. moments after that interview that like you know he is this sensitive dude and he doesn't you know he doesn't like that people don't like him but it's like he doesn't even know how to acknowledge that people don't really like him fan base wise look i get um, it like the thing is like yeah the fan was probably being a jerk like he didn't like you can show the owner of your team some respect i guess like it, it's not the worst or it's just, just show everyone respect you don't have to be like an asshole yes. okay fine but on the other side of the coin it's like Michael K was right. Like James James Dolan is the owner of the Knicks for crying out loud. Like yes. like he must hear this stuff all the time. It just seems kind of amateur and <laughs> right. babyish to like let an angry fan get under your skin so much to the point that he's now banned from the arena. Like he should just take yeah. the high road. Like just like take just, the, totally take the high road. You're a Kick him out if you need to. Kick him out of the game if you want to, but yeah. like don't ban him. Forever. He's a he's a billionaire. Like just take the high road. Like whatever. If you if you absolutely have to kick him out of the the game do what you must but like to make this whole big stink out of it just seems stupid and and right i'm wondering like how much you think how much do you think this kind of impacts the public perception of the knicks like are free agents not gonna sign here because of this kind of thing like do you think this makes players worried about signing with the knicks yeah i I mean you know i granted it doesn't it really i guess it depends on how viewer owns ownership in their uh or how they value ownership in their overall decision I mean, if they think that, you know, the GM's office is the most important thing, then I guess I guess he's right in saying that bad optics are important because he mentions that a couple times during the interview, which really just totally bummed me out. I mean, I got not going to lie. I didn't like him in the interview. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I he stared off for instance here talking about how uh, he sits amongst the fans and he's one with the pain that we're <laughs> feeling and all that crap. Right. And it's like, OK, man, you sit with us, but like, you know, and you say how terrible it is, but. You know, and then you say you don't want to sell the team, and you're trying, but it's like you can't complain about it and be mopey like us, and then <laughs> and yeah. be the one in charge, and then have it not go well, and say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. We're trying. We're going to get it right. We're not going to sell the team." So, um, but anyway, coming back to that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't believe in these bad optics. I think, I think they're a thing. Uh, I, I mean, you know, if if we have a, maybe a few a few bad optics, maybe not, but these should meet up between. I can't remember what he was they, what Kay was mentioning to him, but between you know this let it last stand and what fans think of for KP and what maybe some players think, uh, how maybe he doesn't treat his his players well, and players who go there and sort of going there to die. Well, he also I, kicked all Charles of, Oakley out of Madison Square yes, Garden. Okay, that's what it is. The yeah. Oakley thing—that's what I was thinking of. It was the that um, I think it's all bad. I think I think free agents let's do it. I think that it totally plays a factor. I think they've had too many of them, and I was hoping that they're done now. But uh, this last one, maybe, I mean, you know, I, I, a free agent's not going to look at that and say to themselves, like, you know, oh, James Dolan, like, he's, you know, this is totally functional. Everything's good. They're going to look at that and see some dysfunction. Yeah, I mean, the other big takeaway, first of all, I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, when it comes – push comes to shove i don't think athletes really care who signs their checks i mean i'm sure they do like if all things are equal they'd rather play for like the great guy than the asshole but like i i tend to believe that athletes go where it's the best situation to play and where they're going to make the most money and have the best opportunities for themselves but i just don't think it really helps the team and the public narrative that the knicks are a laughing stock when this sort of stuff happens and then i mean the, one of the other big takeaways from the interview for me, a concerning thing, you know, at one point Dolan said this thing, I don't know if you caught it, where he he was talking about the heckling fan that he was like, oh, maybe he reads the daily news too much. 
And yes, I'll write. Of course, I dug out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so James Dolan banned for folks listening who don't know the reference. James Dolan banned the Daily News, which is a newspaper here in New York, from Nick's press events. So they get access to the team for NBA mandated stuff, but they don't get invited to anything directly. Real, you know, they don't get invited to anything directly by the Knicks or by MSG. And I just feel like, dude. I mean, not to be political or whatever, but in the age of Trump, I don't think there's like. I don't know. I don't. I. I just. I. I. I do think there's like a legitimate reason to be concerned about suppressing and undermining the like, like the media and like journalism, even if it's like a dissenting and critical voice. And I don't know. I'm. Am I crazy? Like, are you as concerned about Dolan's authoritarian streak as I am? Like, yeah, I know. Like, sure, it's just kicking out a fan, or maybe it's banning a journalist. Those like might seem like small potatoes, but I don't know where does it end. Like, yeah. you know, are, aren't we talking I, about like the place of free speech and <laughs> in, in sports, basically? We are. And again, I mean, I used to be a journalist, so I don't like it at all. I mean, uh, and it's so true. I mean, I just immediately when they start talking about it, I just started about the you know the New York Daily News. I was like. This is so Trump. This is like he doesn't like Trump. CNN. Yeah, this is I mean, this is the whole fake news thing. Like just like yes, when you fake news. when you he's, like he's don't said, like when you don't like yeah. someone's opinion, you refer to it as fake, and it's like, well, it's exactly. People and, are entitled and, to like their opinions. Like you might not yeah, no like matter it, how but, terrible it is. And he yeah. said that you know he said they don't want they don't like the team. He said they don't have any interest in the team doing well. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I was like, it's because you guys haven't been good in so long. And, you know, New York's are, you were, he was saying it himself, New York's a really tough press. He's saying the Michael K show is tough press and like they give him a tough time. And it's like, yeah, well, they're the ones, you know, Daily News is the one who writes about it constantly. And it's like, if you don't like it, then do better. I just felt like it was one of those things. And it's like, you know, he, yes, he's going down the, he, it's almost identical what he's doing with Trump, but it's like, and, you know, but people don't like him the same about in New York. I mean. I don't know. I just, it seemed very clear to me. He like, he had all the answers that he needed right now. I just think that's stupid. I mean, that's total nonsense. Like the daily news would sell just as many papers, if not more, if the Knicks were good. So it's not like they're exactly. actively, not like they're actively rooting for them to lose, but if they no. act like clowns and idiots, then they're going to run headlines that call the Knicks clowns and idiots. Yeah, and but like, they, he was saying, if whose fault is that? Or, yeah. <laughs> is that the fault of the Daily News? Or is that the fault of the Knicks? But For the fourteen wins, but any, whatever they, they're playing yeah. horribly. I was like, I get it. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> also, and and listen, Dolan brought this up. He brought up the uh, the racist Utah Jazz fan heckling Russell Westbrook, and and Dolan was right about this. He goes, you know, there needs to be a code of conduct among among fans. That fan had like no business saying those awful racist things to Russell Westbrook. But I would also say, what about a code of conduct for like the owner? I mean, just like tossing people from the arena because someone makes fun of you seems just as like important as like. You know what I mean? Like, yes. how, how it should go both ways. And in this it case, should, I know. isn't Dolan as much a fan? You know, he's sitting there at like a fan in the same way that that guy sitting at the Jazz game was a fan. So a fan, I, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> but also, one thing he said that I took note of, and it was the, the biggest for me, which has been bash my head against the floor. Uh, he said, they asked, it was near the end of the interview, and you could tell that. All the guys, Michael K, and all. I'm trying to space it on the other guys' names, but they're great. Um, but uh, he basically, they were like, you know, it was like that they were basically just asking what the fans probably would have wanted to ask him. Just stuff that was hard to talk about his overall persona as a as an owner and how he operates as an owner. 
but they said, they said, okay, well, what's what's your biggest flaw as an owner, or like one thing that you your biggest flaw and you'd like to get better at? <laughs> and he like paused for a while, and he just said, I, I just wish that I knew now what I used to know back back why not back when I was first starting. And I was like, dude, that's not. <laughs> You're not the perfect owner. Like you have something, you have so many things you could say. Right, like, that's not an answer. You shouldn't say, "I wish I was wiser than I was." I'm older now. I'm wiser. I wish I was wiser when I was younger. Yeah, it's like that's like a lyric. That's like lyrics to that song. They're terrible. That you know. That's <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just like you know. You can't you can't say that there. I mean, there's so many other things you could have said. So I feel like that just rung so true to his whole whole personality as an owner. I mean. It, yeah, I don't know if I'm making too much of this. I, I'm just like, what if I don't know? What if Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant is like a Bernie supporter or a or a, like a Trump fan for that matter? Yeah. Like, are they going to be sanctioned for speaking their mind in public if they, if they're playing at Madison Square Garden? You know what I mean? I like, know, right? I know. And it's it, just it makes you wonder. Kyrie saying that the Earth is flat or something. Right. That, and, you know, I mean, you know, are they? I know. What are we going to live in? Terms I don't know. One thing I'll defend Dolan on, though, is the uh, the Bill Simmons issue that came up at the end of the interview. So I don't know if you remember this, but uh, a few weeks ago on his podcast, Bill Simmons said, quote, All right, this is a doozy, man. Hope you're sitting down for this one. I am. Multiple people told me this. Kyrie. Who know, who know things. Kyrie. James Dolan is courting offers for the Knicks. It's happening. It's on. It's go time. So James Dolan adamantly denied this in the ESPN interview, and he said that he wouldn't sell the team even if they offered him something absurd like $6 billion. And I don't know, man. I got to say, like, I think what Bill Simmons did really sucks. Like, considering Bill Simmons has this massive platform, millions of millions and millions of listeners, Yes. And it seems pretty irresponsible to me to essentially just like spread gossip. Like, isn't that like, isn't that just like, isn't that just a soundbite? Like that soundbite's just like clickbait, isn't it? <laughs> that absolutely is clickbait. And for people, you know, like mixed fans, it will drive them, make them really happy. But I don't, I take that totally with a grain of salt. Yeah. So Dolan sounded extremely confident that the team would be able to land two max contract free agent players this summer. He did, yeah. Um, Rye, are you confident that Dolan can steer the ship this summer and net a couple of, of the big fish? Like, if you're Steve Mills and Scott Perry, what's your game plan and strategy <laughs> with, like, Dolan's involvement in this process come July 1st? Like, do you just tell him to, like, go away and not speak to well, anyone? Thankfully, thank do, you, yes, do they even let him did. in the room with KD and Kyrie? Yeah, right. I, I really don't think you do. I think... You just leave it. You just like leave it to that. Leave it to Steven. Leave your checkbook on the table yeah, and like just exactly. leave the state. Oh, totally, uh, absolutely. And I think he said that. I think he mentioned how, like you know, he said the mentioned the Porzingis trade and how uh, how Steve sort of you know he Steve told him about it and he said okay, but even if he had said no, don't trade him, Steve could have still done it and he wouldn't have cared. Or like he Steve had the final say basically over Scott, obviously, or not Scott James or Jim, but um. Yeah, I don't. I think he. I, I. I would leave him completely out of it. I think Dolan probably would stay out of it. But which you know, it's hard to. It's one thing I won't bash him for is that he does. He's like you know. I guess he he knows that he doesn't know his basketball and he'll leave it to the people who can. But yeah, to um, his credit, he he does like he he says like I don't know about basketball. 
You know, exactly. he's, he's like, I'm not a basketball guy, so I just yeah. leave it in the it's hands like, of the oh people that gosh, I hire. Leaving it up to Belichick, but at the same time, we do not have a Belichick. Absolutely not. So, right. Yeah. Um, I know. It's like, you know, at least he knows, though. At least he knows. But yeah. with that said, yeah, I would keep him out of it. Just totally keep him out of it. And he would know to do that, I hope. If you get one thing right, it'll be to keep out of it. All right. Well, the last thing before I let you go, Ryan, we got to talk about the most important moment of the 2019 NBA season. Everybody on their feet. The shot clock has been turned off. Ten seconds remaining. Knicks lead by one. LeBron with five seconds driving on Hazonia. Hazonia with the block. And the Knicks on a 13 1 run come back and defeat the Lakers. 124 to 123. Mario Hazonia returning after missing the last 12 games. Blocking. That's LeBron getting rejected by Mario Hazonia at Madison Square Garden as the clock Uh, expired and the Knicks finished off a comeback and beat the Lakers on Sunday. Ryder, on the list of like greatest all-time sports moments in your life, where does this rack up? Is it somewhere between Le'Veon Bell signing with the Jets and the Mets making the World Series in 2015? Yeah, it does. It probably lies between those two. Uh, Not for Le'Veon. Yeah, like in between Le'Veon, yeah, in between Le'Veon and the World Series, wow. Yeah, but I mean, dude, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I bet, you know, I today I sort of forgot they were playing that game. You were I, comatose I of, from I your hangover, night, but I knew yeah. that was going to happen. You sent me that highlight, and I was like, oh my god, for one, they beat them. I saw the little clip or the in the blurb what the score was, but I was also that play. I mean, my goodness, my goodness. <laughs> so this was LeBron's worst shooting quarter. In yeah. his 16 years as a pro, he went four for 15 in the fourth quarter. Four for yeah. 15. Damn. He had the chance to win the game and had a shot blocked in the final seconds by Mario Hazonia. The Knicks closed out the game on a 13 to 1 run, and the Lakers went 0 for 6 from the floor. LeBron missed four of those shots. They coughed up two turnovers. The what Knicks. What was his final points? What do you have in the end? Uh, LeBron finished with a paltry 33 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. Just a shameful, shameful <laughs> performance. Okay. Um, but, hey, man, the Knicks have swept the season series from the Lakers, and all is right with the world riders. So the Lakers the Lakers need to move on from LeBron, right? They got to trade him in the offseason. Do you, do they send, I mean, they trade him to the Magic, right? Is that the most logical landing spot for him? Oh, man, I guess. Is that, is that, come on, is that happening? Hey, I can hope, can I? <laughs> it's got to happen, dude. They got to start Would rebuilding. You, if, it's a disaster. Okay. That, that, that Laker team is a disaster. All is right in the world when the Lakers are an embarrassment. All right, right. Thanks for hopping on the pod, man. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun as always. Let's touch base as the NCAA tournament and NBA playoffs Absolutely. get underway. And, uh, yeah, go next. Go next, dude. All right, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Ryder Schumacher. My name is Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Uh, check out previous episodes at OnTheLinePodcast.com. Hop into a draft. Check it out Deep Dive. It's all there. Rate, review, subscribe to the show at Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy watching the NCAA tournament. Enjoy the NBA. And I will talk to you guys next week.